this is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Allison Bowden, Executive Director of the Free Speech Coalition, in part two of our interview. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a review site network, which has been growing at a good rate for years. It features one of the largest industry directories in the world. It has over 900 pages and has been gaining great traction with Google with lots of room to grow. It already gets a huge amount of organic traffic, more than other review directories with more content. It's ranking well for all the main keywords. The network is making 50000 profit most months with lots of room to grow. The best month, the network made over 68000 in profit. Profit for the year of 2022 was 550000 The network has some of the best writers in the industry. There are also on-call developers and a full-time virtual assistant who knows every function of the site. The owner would be willing to give the new owner an outline of what could be done to further expand the business in the future. Only $2.12 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Allison Bowden of Free Speech Coalition. Allison, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thanks for having me. Now, Allison is a veteran adult entertainment industry exec, that's a mouthful, who served on the FSC's board of directors for over three years, including as its president, before taking on the role of executive director. Since starting her adult industry career in 2003, Allison has held a wide variety of marketing, technology, and leadership positions at companies like Adult Empire, GameLink, Videobox, and Kink.com, where she was CEO. She also serves Pineapple Support as its board president. When do you sleep? Allison holds a bachelor's degree in sociology with a concentration in women's studies from the University of Pittsburgh. You can follow her on social media at, at Allison Bowden. That's Allison with an L. She enjoys hiking, drinking wine, diving, and listening to podcasts. No doubt a steady diet of adult site broker talk. Um, the Free Speech Coalition's mission is to protect the rights and freedoms of both the workers and businesses in the adult industry. Their organization functions as a resource, a leader, and a tool for the communities that they serve. They take pride in fighting to alleviate the social stigma, misinformation, and discriminatory policies that affect those who work in the adult industry. For more than 25 years, wow, 
They've been fighting and winning impossible battles from the Supreme Court to the ballot box and back again. I saw you at AVN and you were having meetings with various platforms. You were moving so fast it wasn't funny. You didn't even <laughs> hardly get a chance to say hi. What do you see as the biggest issues facing the industry? I think censorship in general has been a huge and building issue, mm-hmm. right? I think these things are all kind of connected where the stigma of being in the adult industry is hurting us with getting bank accounts. It's hurting us because mm-hmm. legislators feel the need to say that we're a public health problem. Yeah. And they don't recognize how much the adult industry actually does extremely well. I've been asked so many mm-hmm. times, well, don't you, is there any checking of IDs of the people who are performing? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. How do you know so little that you don't well, even realize? Well, here's the thing <laughs> about, here's the thing about politicians. They know so little. Have you ever heard them talk <laughs> about technology? I'm sure you have. <laughs> and when they, when they've done their hearings on technology and they've got somebody on from Google or Apple, some of the questions they ask. Oh, it's painful. It's insane. They don't know anything. It's so crazy. They know how to work their phone. We, that's about it. Exactly. And, and, I, and I guess I shouldn't have been shocked, but when we went to D.C. in December to lobby you know, mm-hmm. on banking discrimination, right? it was very much just actually explaining the problem because no one in Capitol Hill is even they don't understand the basics. So it's right. just a lot of education. Sure. And shockingly, they're, they've been very open to hearing really what our industry is going through. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, when you bring a performer like Allie Ray, sorry, Allie Eve Knox mm-hmm. in and she tells her personal story about mm-hmm. losing over 30 accounts, not being able to be on her own mortgage and what that did to her. Mm-hmm. These people, they, they understand like, oh, wow, this is happening to individuals, real human yeah. beings. Yeah. This is a problem. Yes. Wow. Was it with Democrats and Republicans? Believe it or not. Yes. Uh, wow. We met with both sides. And of Good. course, you know, the, the interests are slightly different. One's more uh, focused hello. on freedom to be a business or to conduct your affairs. The other one is more focused on, you know, the fact that people who are already having struggles. You know, our industry is chock full of GLBTQ, mm-hmm. people of color, other people who are marginalized. Sure. Now they're being further marginalized. But frankly, By the laws, in yeah. the end, yeah, they were, they were both actually like, oh, wow, that's not fair. Jeez. That's wonderful news. That was going to be my next question, but that is just... That is this wonderful news that they at least were open. Here's the problem I see. To, to get any politician, even most Democrats, because I know we have some Democrats that are willing to stand up for us, but unfortunately, from what I've seen, they're very few. The problem is to get politicians to come out as in favor of anything that is perceived to help the adult industry seems to be like pulling teeth. Yeah. I I definitely don't think that it's like a, a strategy that they're going to pursue kind of coming out and saying they're supporting big porn. However, yeah, 
I think that honestly, the the big strides toward embracing sex worker rights we've made in the United States in the last few years are actually what has opened their eyes really? and, and let them kind of listen to this. Like, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Because, you know, in the last few years are the first time that people are actually, you know, the presidential candidates in 2020 actually had to answer where they stand on sex work decriminalization. Oh, sex from your mouth, not, from your mouth to God's ears. You know, and I, and I think that, that finally it is not as stigmatized as it, as it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a little easier to have that conversation on the D side, but yeah, you know, knowing that you can walk in and say, look, you have with the advent of OnlyFans and other platforms, especially during the pandemic, right. your district probably has five to 10,000 active sex workers, legal working in it right now. Those are voters. These are your constituents. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, it's a bit more compelling. And I think that people are a little more open to listening than they used to be, which isn't to say that it's not going to be difficult, obviously, right. or it's right. not going to take a while, but it's encouraging. It's encouraging. Yeah. Absolutely. So you talked about age verification. That's obviously happening in Europe as well. In fact, it it started to happen in Europe first. The UK has been kicking it around for what seems like decades. How is the FSC approaching this? Well, so as a as an industry, you know, our main concern we never want minors on our websites. Amen. Like it's just it's not what we want. It's a many of us are parents and we don't want that. Or we're just normal humans who don't necessarily want any children looking at porn. And if you're really, you know, looking at the nuts and bolts of it, they don't have money. We don't want them. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) If there were a, that's very true. I've never heard it put that way. That's why I laughed, but that's very true. You know, they're just, they're not people that, that we want on our websites, but we also don't want to make it difficult for adults to access the, the material that, that they deserve to, to be right. able to see. Or to, have so, to put their, or they have to put their private information. And that's the scary thing. You know, mm-hmm. look, given how many data breaches and yeah. other invasions of privacy that we've seen in the last few years, it just, mm-hmm. it's not wise to have people have to put in their, their photo ID from the government or, yeah. you know, do a face scan that oh, some company says is getting deleted, but what, I don't know that. I mm-hmm. think that our main concern is limiting access to minors in a way that doesn't destroy everyone's business. Right. Right. Like, Let's say, you know, site number one institutes AVS tomorrow. All Mm -hmm. their traffic is just going to site number two that isn't complying. Right. So making sure that it is equitable, that, you know, you can still do business while doing right by, you know, minors. Frankly, Mm -hmm. parents need to be involved with this. I don't understand why almost none of them are using device filters, parental controls, all of the tools that they have at their disposal. To because keep they're their lazy. Or websites. Well, right. 
let's let's trust the pornographers to yeah. keep my kids out of from looking mm-hmm. at their websites instead of me mm-hmm. doing my job. Right. Exactly. You talked about breaches. The Ashley Madison one should scare everyone because a lot of information came out in the public domain that embarrassed a lot of people. And and thinking about the destruction that that can do to people's lives. I mean, yes. So let's talk about my old employer. If kink.com had a giant data breach Oof. and then somebody goes into a divorce and they they find that their ex-spouse is in the kink.com list. Hmm. You think they're not going to try to use that in a custody battle? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely they will. So it's really dangerous for everyone to, for these legislators to come up with these half-baked ideas Mm -hmm. and think that, you know, well, it's for the children. Well, actually, I think it's probably harming everyone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you talk, and you also, you talk about age verification. Let me give you my take on it, and you tell me what you think. I think a long time ago, the industry should have gotten together. I I say that tongue-in-cheek to a degree, because (laughs) the industry doesn't get together on anything, as you well know, and Mm -hmm. said, okay, we are going to establish an age verification standard for the industry and come up with something there would have been a lot of companies would have jumped on board to be providers. We would have already had it. And then governments really would have nothing to say because we're already verifying age. The problem now is we've got a third of the states in the U.S. or something close to that proposing that and mm-hmm. a lot of countries. Yeah, I mean, I think the proliferation of free content hurt this business in oh, yeah. so many ways. Oh yeah. So many. Yes. You know, of course. And of course the whole Pornhub thing with MasterCard and Visa, that was mm-hmm. just so damaging. And it could have been avoided. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, look, if I had a if I had a time machine, that'd be one of the things I would do. <laughs> Maybe go back and, and encourage somebody else to buy buy Pornhub. Yeah. But Right. You know, knowing that that bell can't be unrung, I think people did what they thought was right at the time. You know, no, yeah. like I said, nobody wants to be the only one doing it because that just means you're out of out of business. And when the free sites right. refuse to, you know, comply, mm-hmm. I mean, and even now, if if Pornhub complies like they're doing in Louisiana, they're the people who went to Pornhub and got, you know, hey, I need your ID. They just went to a different tube site. Sure. So until we can all agree on something, and like you said, <laughs> very difficult at the best of times. We definitely are in a moment where we need to find a way to reward the people who who do the right thing. Right. And the right thing, meaning, you know, the thing that both preserves their businesses and the lack of access to minors. I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, we really have to think hard about what is going to, what's going to work as opposed to absolutely what these legislators are doing. Well, along, along the lines of all this, I had an interview a few days ago with Todd Spates of Yanks cash. And I asked him, he's, he's going to, he has a book coming out by the way. It's going to be very interesting. And Mm -hmm. He said the biggest problem with our industry 
is a lack of leadership. One thing he said was he never sees the three or four major tube sites sitting on a panel, the CEOs of those sites, and talking and taking questions. And I went, you know, you're right. I haven't either. You barely see any of the top management at shows. And that's Mm -hmm. just not right because those are the guys that are really raking in the bucks and they should be more responsible to what's happening in our industry because a lot of the negative stuff that's going on is being targeted right at them. (laughs) That's very true. And I'm sure that's part of the reason they're not showing up in public. Yeah. You know, I would love it if, the major, you know, the decision makers at these large companies did see themselves as more a part of our industry because whether we like it or not, they are. And I absolutely encourage, you know, if you need a panel, FSC is happy to organize it. But like, I really do Do think having those folks understand their place in this industry and show, feel a part of it feel responsible for it because they are right. And then work with the rest of the industry to make mm-hmm. things better. Right. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Well, OnlyFans is another one. Obviously they're all of a sudden the biggest concern in our industry. Um, you know, and there are, there are other huge companies that make a ton of money. So yeah, you guys should organize something. In fact, I suggested to Todd, I said, FSC <laughs> should do something like that. One comment he had was, yeah, FSC is great, but the, but the only problem is FSC relies on sponsorship money. And oh, that's not the problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, I didn't think so either. I acknowledged what he said, but yeah, I mean... No, it- it makes sense. You don't want to piss yeah. off the people who are paying your bills. Right, right, um, right. But I can tell you that OnlyFans isn't a member, so I'm not worried about pissing them off. I think the biggest, right. <laughs> the biggest they're problem with FSC. They're not a member. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no. They are not interested, evidently. Hmm. We've approached them a number of times. Sure. And would still welcome their membership now. Yeah. However, I think that there's also a misconception that FSC has any particular power I can't make anybody show up to a, a panel or no, uh, no, you can't drag you know? <laughs> and get them dragging and screaming there, right? No, no. Although I would try, and I promise you that I yes, will I know shot. you would, Allison. I know you would. <laughs> I know you. Yes, you most certainly would. So, what are the other initiatives that you care about the most? So, I have been doing my you know 2023 goals with my team. Mm-hmm. which I used to do in the fall, but it turns out planning for all these trade shows, a lot of work. <laughs> so we're finally going yeah, to pretty crazy. everything now. Definitely banking discrimination, definitely AVS. We're also kind of looking at how to capitalize on, on kind of like I said, the industry is actually run really well, but we mm-hmm. need a way to to demonstrate that and to get credit for it. So working on industry standards that are then verified right and so when you know let's call it a good housekeeping seal Mm -hmm. if a website has this seal you know that they are you know compliant with all all the models have been age verified 
Oh, I like everything that. on the website is consensual. Hmm. There is a an adjudication process if there, you know, are allegations that something isn't consensual. Mm-hmm. All these these sorts of different uh, standards that we're just starting to kind of sketch out. I love it. Although I'm sure we all have it in our pocket, you know, what they should be, but right. But actually putting it down, getting putting in place a mechanism to verify it and to to sort of mediate issues. Mm. That is a big initiative this right. year. Because we right. think that, you know, when you can prove that you are a good citizen, it will be easier to get other people to treat you like one. That's a fantastic idea. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love it. So FSC is an organization that is sometimes taken for granted by the industry. That's actually an understatement. You know, I, <laughs> I, I know over the years when you ask people about FSC, you get a lot of shrugs of the shoulders and it's like, yeah, but what do they really do? And so I know you meet a fair number of people who are in the industry but aren't members. Now, when you talk to them, what's your 60-second elevator pitch to join up? Well, I don't know if I have even 60 seconds. I try not to talk that long, but (laughs) here's what I will say. I was in their shoes. I didn't know what FSC did or why I should give it money. One of the Mm -hmm. first things I did when I took over kink.com was cut our FSC donations by three quarters. Mm. And that is why... My goal is not only to get things done for the industry, Mm -hmm. but to actually let you know what we're up to. Yeah. It's important that we are fighting for banking fairness. It's important that we are trying to influence the way that AVS gets implemented. It's important that we are actually pushing forward and trying to get the industry credit for all the good things it does. Mm -hmm. And we have to involve our members. We we right. have not done a really great job of doing that. And so mm-hmm. we've been able to accomplish a lot since I got on board. And I'm really excited about what our plans are for 2023. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love, uh, I'd love your membership because I think you can be involved in making your own business more profitable and yes. benefiting the industry as a whole. That's yes. my pitch. That's good. That's really good. I mean, everyone should be a member. I've always said that. I said that when I had pay sites. I say that now that I do B2B services like website brokering. And just because you're not a content provider or a pay site owner or a tube site owner, it's equally important that you're a member of FSC because FSC is doing things to try to not only help the industry, but really save the industry. Isn't that right? It's been, it's been a rough, rough year or two. I mean, you know, we've faced our challenges in the last 20 years, but honestly, I have not seen this level of attack from organizations that are Mm -hmm. just trying to get rid of porn from really troubling culture war, you know, Mm -hmm. right wing, and extreme left wing, you know, there are really frightening people who call themselves feminists who are trying to, to destroy (laughs) our rights as well. And so being under attack from all sides, yeah, it's a unique 
at least in my lifetime situation. I know that the things mm-hmm. were definitely much, much worse before, you know, before I got into the business and, and we are standing on the shoulders of, of real giants and we're facing our own really, really dangerous moment right now. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the industry over 20 years myself. I don't remember an attack level that's been turned up this high. And it almost seems like, in fact, I'm sure of it, that the Republicans are competing to see who can try to screw us harder. It does seem like that. Like they have a bet. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every day I open up XBiz, why not? And there's another article about somebody who's trying to screw us over, somebody who's passing a very onerous uh, age verification law, somebody who's trying to ban porn, somebody who's mm-hmm. trying to get rid of LGBT books, and oh somebody who's trying to make being um, LGBT or being in porn illegal. It's just oh yeah, freaking insane. We created last year an action center and the software that powers it, you know, I, I get legislative alerts when things that I have certain keywords. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of this year, it's been an avalanche. I know. I get those new bills. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and they're, they're nuttier than ever before. I mean, there are, you know, West Virginia just trying to ban all adult establishments. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, a half dozen, probably more, of bills that are trying to make drag shows like anywhere that you have a drag show now it's an adult establishment, so it needs to be treated right. basically like a strip club. I mean, these right. people are really, really bonkers. Uh, totally. And if you ex- <laughs> if you extend that, if you take that to the next level, the next thing they're going to go after is all porn. Absolutely. The biggest non-legislative enemy of this industry is Nicosi, the former morality and media folks oh, yeah. who are funded those you know, fuckers the, the millions and millions and they're i mean they've got an entire legal center doing lawsuits mm. claiming that that pornhub are traffickers they yep. are winning the media war they're out there spreading mm-hmm. lies yep. and we're trying to fight back yeah we're doing our best well, and it doesn't it seem does like any it doesn't seem like any of the mainstream media are fact checking this stuff. Very, very few. You know, it's, right. And it's really disappointing, right? Because mm-hmm. we you mentioned Mike Stabile. Yes. He he's incredible and he is out there. He is not hard to find. He's yes, he is. essentially in many ways the spokesperson for our industry and right. he can absolutely fact check all of these lies and i they at this point they're avoiding it they don't want to right but as great as mike is and he's phenomenal and he's already done an interview on this podcast and i plan to have him back because this thing's moving very very fast Mm -hmm. unfortunately what mike has to say and what the mainstream media have to say people are going to believe the mainstream media. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we don't have the 
you know, a 1% of the reach of people who are ideologically opposed to us. I mean, I think it's clear that Nick Kristoff doesn't like porn. Gee, do you think? You know, it's, it's not about, they, they find these stories, they make them up, whatever it is they're doing with, you know, the lies they spread about our industry. Mm -hmm. And they just, they're coming from a perspective that they think that most people assume, you know, yeah, porn's bad. It's a, yeah. it's a basic assumption. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of what we try to do is at least complicate, if not completely, you know, turn it on its head. Like, well, is it? I mean, how is mm-hmm. it bad? Yeah. Well, the, the studies you're using are actually really not scientifically rigorous. Look yeah, at these studies. All, I mean, they're all flawed. They're all flawed. Right. I mean, you can. And frankly, there aren't a lot. You of can great do, studies, but there are good ones. Yeah, but and you, but you can do a study about anything, okay, mm-hmm. and come up with the conclusion that porn is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Many people have. Yes, I know. There are tons of them out there, and you look at them, and you're like, "Huh?" Oh yeah, and they, you know, they surveyed twelve people who they found at a, a Walmart. And these people mm-hmm. said porn isn't great. I mean, it's it's that level of <laughs> scientific rigor. Yes, yes. In the in the Bible Belt, they did that. Um, <laughs> right. When when Christoph published his articles, I canceled my subscription to the New York Times. Um, I vote. Yeah. I vote with my money. And those people, I I'm surprised New York Times even let it happen i could see the new york post okay i could see the sure. washington examiner but the new york uh, times those, i used yeah. to have some respect no, for them it's so disappointing and there are a few mainstream journalists who i think are doing right not not just covering us you know positively but actually covering us fairly yes i think that you know you've got sam cole advice melissa jira mm-hmm. grant a handful who are who actually took the time to understand the issues, right? But they are the absolute exception, not the oh. rule. Yeah, that's probably one percent or less. Mm, easily. <sighs> yeah. So I know, it's so easy to get bummed. <laughs> well, we get bummed, but I think we're all in a fighting stance, and. I don't think anybody's really given up the ship yet. You know what I mean? I really hope not. And to be honest, you know, so after X-Biz or at the very end of X-Biz, we had our FSC summit and mm-hmm. that was like a full day of, of panels that we did. And I got, a, I was exhausted. You know, you go to AVN, Intermext, X-Biz, and As was I. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, how am I going to make it? And then that day, I have just been energized incredibly by that experience because people were so engaged. They're so ready for this fight. They really are excited to defend this industry and fight back against this. And it's kind of given me new, new excitement and purpose in my job, to be honest. It was really great to see. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. The Expos show was, was really great. I was really Pleasantly surprised because the last time I was there three years ago, it was rather small. And, mm. uh, you know, Alec and Mo have really built that thing up and it was it was awesome. And then the award show was fantastic. 
Thanks for beating me for Community Figure of the Year. I do appreciate that very much. Allison, you certainly deserved it. What can I say? You know, that you know that was, I don't know if I told you, that was my first nomination ever. So it was very oh special. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. All these years in the industry, I guess I'm a cool kid now. But anyway, I never wanted to be a cool kid. But um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really nice event. And I couldn't be happier for you. And I mean that sincerely. Somebody had to beat me, and I, I knew I knew I wasn't gonna win the thing. I was <laughs> up against. What? I mean, the people I was up against. You, Those Leia. Um, I couldn't believe. Well, I mean, look at the look at the list of the of the nominees. It was insane. And I looked exactly. at it, and I went, I "Well, you know, it'll be a no nice way. experience. I'm not gonna win." <laughs> but one of my friends, because all of you are my friends, all the other people that were nominated, I know well. Yeah, and our friends. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be fantastic. And thank you very much to the industry for nominating me. So I, I was going to say thank you. you to got the my Acad- vote next time. Okay. I was going to say thank you to the Academy. But anyway, let's fast forward to the end of your time when you finally are finished at F- FSC. What do you hope to have achieved for the organization and for the industry? I haven't even imagine that day so so Hmm. you're doing this in real time with me but i would love it if if i could at least follow the campsite rule you know you leave it better than you found it i think you already have well i appreciate that yeah that day will be fulfilling to me if people in the industry can get a bank account and not have it closed on them with no warning and no reason Mm -hmm. if there are folks who come into our industry and are know exactly what they're supposed to do to comply with all the rules and regulations and do everything well. And that's been established and it's easy for them to do. And they are able to have extremely successful businesses without government harassment. Amen. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. I hope that when I leave performers are even more empowered and treated even better and really appreciated for the incredible work they do for how mm. they've created all of our livelihoods. Yeah. And I, there's a little piece of me that's hoping that I'll have been able to bring the sex toy folks a little bit into the fold. Yeah. And, and kind of, you know, make some solidarity and, and work with them a little bit more because I think we're all in this together. That'd be amazing. I agree. And the novelty industry and the content industry, really, there's a lot of crossover. And we should work more together, shouldn't we? Oh, I absolutely. And that's actually why I was at Anmi this year, because mm-hmm. we we're starting a group for the pleasure products industry. Oh, that's that neat. For them. Mm-hmm. It's a you know, decide it's being founded right now. Really, really early talks. That's neat. And if anyone's in pleasure products and wants to get involved, please reach out because yeah. I think we have a lot in common that I think a lot of times the pleasure products folks are like, ah, oh, we're not porn. We're not, you know, but everybody else outside, they all think you're exactly like the pornographers and yeah. we all need we all need to fight for acceptance and for, you know, basic rights. Let's do it together. Absolutely. Well, let me know if I can be of any help because I've got some contacts in that space. I was interviewed on 
one podcast for the pleasure products industry, and I get the impression that they're pretty heavy duty people. Um, I kind of get the impression you're not even close to having being done there. Do I kind of get the impression that you're not going to leave until you feel like your work is done? Oh, yeah. No, I've got a lot of work to do. I'm in this to win this for sure. That's fantastic. Listening to you gives me a lot more confidence about the future of the industry, Allison. It really does. Thank you. I that's that's a huge compliment. Well, it comes from the heart. Well, Allison, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you, and I look forward to it. Me too. My broker tip today is part two of how to buy a site. Last week, we discussed first deciding the type of site you want to buy and then establishing what your budget is. Next, it's time to look for your new website. So where do you look? Well, Adult Site Broker is a great place to start. We always have a nice variety of website and non-website properties for sale. But if there's a particular type of site you want, we can also act as your buyer's broker to help you find just the right site. Other places to look are boards like expos.net and gfy.com. But to be completely frank, unless what you're looking for is a really low-end property, you're probably not going to find what you're looking for there. Of course, you could contact site owners yourself, but take it from someone who does it for a living. It's a major hassle, and it can be really hard to even find out who owns a site. Almost all adult sites use Whois Privacy from their domain registrar. So when you send them an email, it will be to an anonymous address, and in most cases, the emails aren't returned. We have a huge database of sellers and generally know who owns what. And if it's a website of note, if we don't know who owns it, we can always find out. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Ashton Inger from Kiru and Feel Robotics. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Allison Bowden. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.